Hey friends, um, just a quick note to say that the sound is a little bit dodgy at certain parts throughout this recording. I'm not sure what happened, but struggled with connection a little bit. So it does get better uh, kind of ebbs and flows throughout the course of the um, pod. So just skip ahead if it bothers you too much. Okay, bye. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and today I'm joined with special guest Corinne, not Karini. I had to double check that, not our 90 day fiance friend. I mean, I think she's still probably uh, recovering from that like 20 year old baby. Experience? She just, yes, that yeah. looks like a lot. And you run the um, Instagram account for Talker of Shits. Now, how long have you been doing that for? I have not been doing that very long. I started the account in the middle of December. Yeah, middle of December, I would say, because it was a few weeks before Christmas time. And basically, I just started it as a way of sharing the memes I was sending to other fan accounts because I love the show so much (laughs) and I was like you know why am I just you know I'm not gonna do it on my personal account and none of my friends or anyone that follows me on my personal account really gives a shit about the show so I'll just start my own little account and go from there so I'm pleasantly surprised that well yeah well it's not so little anymore you've done you've done really well in a short amount of time you've got like 10,000, uh, I don't know, what you don't call it, viewers, like followers, I guess. On, um, yeah, it's what, so fun. It's at talker of shits, but you spell it talker underscore of underscore shits underscore. Yeah, so I, I am really happy that so many people love to laugh along with me or most of the time probably laugh at me, as I like to say, but it's, it's really fun. And I know, you know, a lot of us that run fan accounts we face a lot of criticism for being so invested in these shows and but if you're following (laughs) along and you're reading this stuff I mean come on we're we're all in the same boat we all love to exactly use this as a means of escape yeah Yeah. and the thing is like the reason I got into these podcasts or this podcast was because you know I'd been listening I've been watching these shows for 10 years yes I can't (laughs) believe oh my god I literally I devoted, I mean, I could know math, but I just know the ins and outs of every Victoria Gunnelson's face that's ever uh, come, come across my screen, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> it's I, mental. It is. I like to say that, you know, I have um, a master's degree in all things housewives. And 100%. And at this point, I mean, probably a PhD for 90 Day Fiance, because, I'm actually wow. invested in that one, but love them both <laughs> so much. And you're thinking of starting your own podcast soon for 90 Day Fiance as well. Yeah. Will that be will that be called Talker of Shits or you're still working on it? I'm kind of toying with what I want to call it. Um, I'm a little apprehensive about putting shits in the podcast name. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the rules are for, you know, expletives being in the title of. Um, mm, good point. Not sure. So I don't know. I mean, I'll choose something that doesn't sound so off-brand, but um, I'm hoping to start that before Happily Ever After airs, which is April 28th. So it's really 
right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, I'm so inspired by your podcast and I know you are close with Erin Martin and yes. she runs a fantastic podcast. You both have great chemistry when you do, um, you know, these episodes together. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love listening to both of you so much. And Thank you. Feed the ego. I always say I love it when people send me like little DM messages on Instagram or like um, reviews on 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 the iTunes app because I'm just like yes, it just feeds my fragile ego. <laughs> no, but you know it's well deserved because you, you, there's such a sense of vulnerability when you start these podcasts, and as much as you're doing it for your own enjoyment, you know you you're gonna get people out there just like when you run fan accounts on Instagram or mm. any platform, any social media platform, but especially when you're recording. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when we hear our own voice play back or we always wonder, are we rambling or are we talking, are we even making sense when we get so passionate about these topics? And so, no, I I absolutely love listening to your podcast and, and um, I can't wait to come I know. Well, Well, I'm going to have to come on. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to repay the favor and jump on your podcast when it comes out. I would be so honored. Absolutely. Well, let's get into a little Beverly Hills. I believe oh, yeah, that's please. kind of your baby. You've been watching that from the jump. Absolutely. So what are you, how are you feeling about this season? Just overall puppy gate, the whole Lisa debacle. I mean, where are you standing on this? Are you over it? Are you invested still? I have really a very, I, I guess I should say I'm, I'm conflicted emotionally. I always will stand up for that show and and it's going to be my favorite regardless of what happens during any particular season however I you know before the show aired you know there's certain people that obviously get to watch the first handful of episodes before the rest of us do there was so much talk about it being the most epic season their comeback season because last season I guess was you know a little quieter season was supposed to be very explosive and so many facets to these women each one of their personal stories and what's going on in their lives and in their friendships and all of that was supposed to be you know just incredibly I guess um crazy this particular season because what episode we're like half we've got to be halfway through the season I mean for Christ's sakes yeah I can't I really feel like we're still way too invested on this topic Mm -hmm. and I'm just dying for it to to move on it's just I know that the underlying issue is not the fucking dog at this point but I just I, I can't help myself but wonder why Dorit has been absolved of any wrongdoing and you know I know that there's been so much talk about that particular angle on Dorit and everybody seems to be either um obviously team where I should say team everybody else or team LVP it's hard to say you know what what side I'm on because I really do love Lisa Vanderpump um she arguably is one of the most fascinating people to watch on any of the franchises. Um, I don't think like a giant majority of the viewers would stop watching, but I think it would put a damper on the show overall if she were not on it. Um, You know, I I think it would be sad to see her leave, but I think that is the direction that it's heading. 
um, mm. that seems to be kind of foreshadowed and that, you know, there's a lot of talk about Vanderpump Dogs having some sort of show that will be on Bravo. She's already got Vanderpump Rules on, you know, the same network. And yeah, I don't know. I can't see her motivation for, for coming back. To I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I don't think if like my prediction is that she won't come back she's done I think and because it's happened yeah. way too many times that I've tried the girls have tried to bring her down a lot of times like I keep thinking about when they were at the beach and the whole brandy situation everyone ganged up on her like that I mean it's just so it's happened too many times where she is kind of being attacked in a way that yes maybe she deserved a, you know a strong word right <laughs> but the way they do it is like schoolgirl bullying and I really I've always felt like uh, it's just so it's like I can feel the her heart breaking you know and I yes. can feel the pain in her and I'm I'm kind of like yeah. Ken I'm like I know that she's probably done something that's a bit a bit dodgy here but I think First of all, I think they all do. Like, look at Dorit. We're talking 100%. about bloody PK's diabetes instead of the fact some girl starts yelling at her about their $300,000 debt, you know, and we can't even see that footage or we have to learn about PK's, like, green smoothies. I mean, let's be oh, real. <laughs> Undoubtedly. And, you know, the only reason I feel that they aren't showing that is not to protect her in any way. It's because legally they're not allowed to discuss any ongoing case. And it's not fair because truly, in my personal opinion, I think that a lot of this storyline is being perpetuated as a result of deflecting from what's going on with Dorit and PK personally and all of their financial woes and the way they've been so shifty with people that they've partnered with in business. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that as, Mm. you know, the type of people that they are. And here she is always just um, being so ostentatious with all of her bags and her hair and her Her visors, her $300 visors. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, they haven't paid, um, who was it? Her, Beverly Beach, where a uh, business partner, amongst yeah. many other people that they're in bed with financially. And and I don't know, it just seems in such poor taste to me to be showing off all of your materialistic bullshit when you, you know, you owe a lot of people a lot of fucking money. Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, I completely agree with you that each of these women, I mean, they all have some blood on their hands. And none of them really should be throwing any stones. And I think that when it, you when you look at it as a whole, it's it's kind of tiring to see how many times they've all ganged up, like you said, on on LVP and try yeah. to quote unquote take her down. It's like, please, I, I, it is very Mean Girls esque, and I just think that if I were Lisa, I would take a bow and you know, dip the fuck out. No, I completely agree with with everything you just said. And and the other thing is she doesn't need the show anymore. You know, no. she's got this, like, she's just opened Tom Tom. She's got, a, like, amazing restaurants on the go that are successful. She's mm-hmm. already got Vanderpump Rules, which she comes across in such a great light, kind of as the, the yeah. mother figure on. And, like, the, like the kind of the... the they all they will come to her for safety rather than try and bring her down. Yeah, and she's as a great mentor. in that role. Totally. And she's so good in that role. 
And yes. um, yeah, that that show really lights her well. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. said, there's the potential of Vanderpump Dogs. I mean, if they wanted to, they could make a Tom Tom spinoff. You know, like she has options now. It's not like so she's many. on her ass. So I, mm-hmm. I honestly think, you know, I think it could, I think it'll be great for her to not be on the show. But I actually am interested to see how it plays out for the rest of this season anyway. Because I think it's going to be potentially a lighter vibe I mean Mm -hmm. we'll just have to wait and see but that's kind of the the um the feel I'm getting that it could just be mm, a little bit more chill like when we had um well we'll get to Camille's baby shower baby shower Camille's wedding shower what do you call it I I guess that's what you yeah wedding shower puppy shower bridal shower there you go maybe that would do Uh uh-huh yeah I mean that was that like that was a pretty relaxed vibe I mean it wasn't it was a bit I mean look the thing that got me was um the 60 year old woman wearing a tiara I mean (laughs) I don't think I wrote down first I wrote just for my notes I'm like no 60 year old woman needs a tiara and then I was like hang on (laughs) nobody needs a fucking tiara (laughs) edit no one needs exactly if you exceed past the chronicle chronological age of three or four exactly I was like maybe a three-year-old plastic tiara that like lights up in the dark but yeah I mean this was just obnoxious it's got to be like a dig on Lisa's wearing the crown thing yeah? yeah Yeah, oh, 100%. It's so, it so is. But it's so calculated, as are many of the things that they do on the show. So strategic. And I mean, let's just talk about for one second. What do you think about that goodbye Kyle challenge that was circulating on social media? Do you well, really think that I, it was disrespectful to Lisa and Ken? I mean, people seem to be, you know, staunchly like one side or the other. And you know, yeah. they find the humor in it, or they're like, oh my god, it's vastly inappropriate. To be honest, I wasn't like, I didn't get my knickers in a twist about it. Um, I was right. sort of just like, I thought, I'm, I understood, I was kind of like, you know how Ken came out, I think it was the next episode, and said, look, yeah, I was, I was pretty hard on Kyle, um, and mm-hmm. he acknowledged that. Like, if he hadn't acknowledged that right away and kind of retracted and said, you know, like I, I shouldn't have gone so hard. But we know, we know Ken. He is like fiery when it comes to Lisa. That's the only time he wakes up from his coma, and he, that's when he has passion. Is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's defending Lisa. So for right. watchers of the show, I think it kind of made sense. You, If you were married and you were having this sort of altercation with a very close friend in your home and your husband is also, you know, it's not like he doesn't know Kyle. I mean, I don't know. I guess as a wife, if your husband interjects, because it's not like he was overstepping his bounds and like eavesdropping or what have you. I mean, she's in his fucking yeah. house. So, exactly. you know. It's every right for him to interject and to contribute to the conversation or what have you. So I think that he obviously defended his wife and felt it was necessary at that time. He got very passionate and heated about it because he saw how genuinely upset Lisa got. And I guess he felt this need clearly as her husband to protect her emotionally and, you know, he snapped. But I, I don't think that Ken is such a vile human for for acting the way that he did toward Kyle. I think it's a natural thing. And if yeah. you put yourself in his shoes, um, you probably would do the same for your partner. 
I agree. And I think betrayal, like, like they felt betrayed, right? And yes. especially by someone that has been a friend for many, many years. And exactly. betrayal is a, is a very, uh, um, it's a, it's a very effective emotion. And so yeah. I can, and then, then to see, he probably would have felt it for himself. And then to see his wife be demonized by her best friend. I mean, yeah, I would be losing my marbles as well. And it's like piggybacking off your coma um, comment. I really think that he does go from like coma to belligerent. And like, yes, like, zero to 60 in 3.5. All right, let's get to Erica. Cause I really want your feedback on her contribution to this season. I've loved her. Ooh. I've always loved her from yes. the beginning, like when she joined. But this season, I'm sort of, I feel like maybe we've hit a wall with her. I agree. I, I feel the same way. And I really hate to say that because I have stand her from day one. I've always been an Erica Jane slash Erica Girardi super fan. It does hurt when you really see Somebody that you've followed and admired for that amount of time since they entered the show kind of take that that odd turn and become, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I I always want to kind of justify it by being like, all right, well, maybe, God, maybe something is going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Totally. Yeah, we want to know. That's yeah, the difference but... between Beverly Hills and New York as well. At Beverly Hills, they do keep so much hidden. So you are constantly trying to look behind the curtain and yeah. break it down. And I am sure there is something going on. Who knows? But she seems angry and bitter and so like ready and for a fight at any any second. I'm just waiting for her to explode. I, I mm. do see it building and building. I don't know if we'll truly get to that point because she's quite, speaking of, I, I know that I mentioned that they're very strategic and calculating. Erica happens to be one of those two. She is so sharp, but everything that she says and does is very calculated. She's very much in control of Every everything that comes out of her mouth and every move that she makes. She wasn't quite as in control life. when she got a knee to the head. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that made me laugh. She okay. was about to kill that fucking dancer. She was, like, keeping her cool, but she was, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure he got fired, like, as soon as filming Absolutely. stopped. I was, like, worried oh, yeah. for him. I know. <laughs> Poor guy. We almost need to, like, hashtag something to find out what happened to that dancer. Oh, he was so that. cute, too. And he, you could tell he was like, oh, my God, what have I done? And they would have been all so excited that they were filming for the show that day. Oh, oh my God. I can just I imagine. Like, I'm that girl who was always, like, in the background of school plays and stuff. And then something exciting was happen- happening. I would be, like, you know, trying to smile the most so that even though I was in the chorus I would get noticed and I was just like oh god something goes wrong you just like it ruins your whole like your life is over (laughs) you literally die inside she's she's the type of person that even though her glam squad is so you know she just seems to adore them and love them I guarantee you if they held the flat iron on her hair too long and one of her extensions popped off, mm. she would let one of them go too. Like she Oh yeah. Like that. It would she would be cut like, off their finger or something. A hundred percent. Like she I think she thinks that she sees people as very, you know, disposable. Like I 
she sees them as useful or unnecessary. Yeah. And yeah. I think and think I when when people are unnecessary or getting in her way, which I think she sees Lisa as, then she can't doesn't know what to do with them. And it was similar to how she treated um Teddy last season. You know, she suddenly Teddy's her best friend and she's just all weird jump, dumping up her ass. But last season, you know, she was really nasty really to Teddy treated her as if she was unnecessary and disposable so it was you know yes I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there like yeah it's just uh people are a commodity yes and you know I feel like this hazing period like almost like a hazing yeah period always happens with these newbies and in every single franchise really I mean Teddy I'm just no offense, I'm just not. I, I don't know if you are, but I'm. I've never really been a fan of Teddy. No, I'm not. I'm not on the Teddy bandwagon at all. I just. I don't have a concrete reason why I don't like her as much as I do. It's just a. It's a bunch of reasons. Um, and I often find that I think what was it, Anthony Lario? It might have been your podcast when he was on with you recently. Um, it was him that was talking about Bethany and, and seeing a lot of himself in Bethany. Yeah, and it was so fascinating to listen to um, his breakdown about her personality because, you know, I do really like that she's always speaking um, with these metaphors and analogies. It's part of what makes her so humorous and and it really, uh, I mean, she's so sharp and she's yeah. so quick-witted that I mean, I, I really admire that about her, but I can see where, um, you know, she gets so intense sometimes and so passionate. I know we're like kind of totally off on the other side of the country now talking about New York really quick. But, um, okay. you know, I do understand the need to like love, hate somebody that reminds you so much of yourself. 100%. I was thinking about the other night, the housewife I relate to most, and this is so shameful, is Leanne Locken. And I I'm love like, Leanne. I love her, but she is terrifying. But whenever I hear interviews with her, she is warm, she's funny, she's, she's relatable, she's open-hearted. Yeah. But like me, she has that switch that sure. if tipped, she loses her amygdala fires and she her loses amygdala. her fucking mind. And I can yep. be like that. I can, I, I literally. She's lovably terrifying. Yes. <laughs> And I think that's how my friends would describe me, lovingly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I, I do adore her. And I think it's a little... You know, I heard that there is, or actually, I think it was actually on the show, if I'm not mistaken, on the Kardashian show, there was an episode where they popped in or they appeared on, um, I think it was Skype with a college class that actually studies them. It's like an accredited oh my God. class within their college. and. It made me think that you could very well have a psychology class that's all based on learning the intricacies of these women and their personalities and all of the, you know, crazy shit that goes on and how that, you know, kind of branches off into a million different directions of personality disorders and anxiety. This Totally. Addiction. I mean, it's rampant. And you, so what you're telling me is that I haven't wasted the last 10 years of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So let's get back on track. I need to talk to you about this. So a lot of people um, I've spoken to or seen in the social media universe have 
really not enjoyed hearing about politics in their housewives. Oh, and yeah. I kind of – I mean, I totally understand that. But um, And I did come out of this episode feeling uh, like I'd been dragged through a hedge backwards. Like I was exhausted and overwhelmed with the stuff with Rena's mum, with yeah. the Brett Kavanaugh dinner yeah. conversation. Like it was quite I, – I was sad and angry afterwards. And, um, yeah, mixing in New York <clears throat> too. It was a crazy week. Yeah, it was a lot. So, I, I mean, I guess I wanted to ask you – how do you – I mean, I, I thought it was – for me, I feel like politics is okay in these shows once in a while when it is a really massive topic. Like, if they hadn't covered Trump, the Trump election at all at the time, I would have felt like that wasn't reality. You know what I mean? Because that exactly. was a huge – even in Australia, that was a huge topic of conversation. So it oh, would be strange yes, it if it wasn't mentioned. Limited. Right, yeah. right. And, and same um, with this Brett Kavanaugh conversation, you know, it was, it was, it's a huge topic of conversation worldwide. So mm-hmm. for me, these are big things. There's little things going on all the time that sure. they're not mentioning, but I think these things are important. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I definitely agree with you to a large extent. I think that you have to be very cautious to not take it too far. Um, you know, Certainly, like I said, it would be remiss to not mention the whole Trump election during that time. Um, But I think when you bring up things that are just extremely controversial, um, i.e. the Kavanaugh subject, Mm -hmm. I I did appreciate that Lisa stood for Dr. Ford's side. I was so impressed by her. And actually all of the other ladies, Bar Camille, like just that they really stood in their conviction and Absolutely. tried and weren't weren't screaming at her, but trying to educate her. I'm like, if you could that only do that great. with every other conversation <laughs> in your life, every other conflict, maybe you'd get somewhere. But they, I thought, yeah. I thought Lisa in particular and Teddy. I had a newfound respect for Teddy. Thought they handled it well. I agree. I think that it was very, um, you know, predictable that it, seeing basically backtracking, going back to Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, Seeing her get so emotional, I think all of the women immediately realized that this was not about Brett Kavanaugh. This was an underlying issue with her own life and her own experiences. And yes, she did obviously eventually say that, um, but she just, she got so, she spoke so erratically. And I think they knew that if they got equally as hyped up as her and, you know, brought the same energy conversely, it, it just would have, it wouldn't have made any sense. No one's point would have been, everybody's point mm-hmm. would have been moot because nobody would have gotten through to each other. And I think that the way that they stood together and really tried to, like you said, educate Camille and make her see that it's their, their perspective. It well, was you're intense. kinder than me. You're, you've given her the benefit of the doubt. And I think you've actually, you know, You've given me a, her perspective a bit more, which I appreciate because I just came out of that conversation being like, what a fucking it. Like, I was so enraged. I'm like oh, losing yeah. my shit, especially as she admitted that uh, Camille, I'm talking about, admitted that she was a victim herself. I was like, what the fuck? Losing my mind that she couldn't you know, understand or even have empathy. And she had empathy yeah. for, for Brett. And I was just like, I don't get it. I just didn't get it. And I right. think you're right. All the women realized 
they were kind of in trying to educate her they were kind of barking up the wrong tree they just needed to be there for her because she was dealing with something else she wasn't gonna hear it she wasn't yeah. gonna hear it I think that, you know, it was very astute of them to all kind of give each other that side eye, like, gosh, okay, let's all, like, dial it back a little Mm. bit, because if we get to her level, um, you know, we can still make our point, we can still speak, um, you know, to her about how we feel and how we don't agree with her, and kind of like, are you fucking serious, Camille? But, you know, she was clearly just completely unhinged. And I'm not going to lie, <laughs> I really feel like when I was Classic Camille. It, classic Camille, 100%. I really, when I was watching it, when it immediately, like, real-time reaction, I was pissed. Mm. I was screaming. I was like, what the hell, Camille? Yeah, yeah. I, I, are you fucking serious? It just seems like she's so thirsty, and I feel like this friend of status for her is really hard. But I think she struggles with that. And I think that she says and does things to get this shock value. And this might have been um, one of those times. I think you're right there. And I find her such a strange... um, This season in particular, as a friend of, we're devoting so much time to her. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's someone popping in at a party here and there. And we we did have her do that for a while. You know, we'd see her for 30 seconds at a party and then we wouldn't see her again for another half a season. But it feels like almost kind of the Barbara situation where they filmed it as if she was a one of the main housewives. And then, right. I don't know, she decided that, well, someone decided there wasn't enough Camille footage or something went wrong. Because it's like so we're planning her whole wedding. Like we're watching the whole, you know, process. It's, it's all very strange. I'm not quite sure what the Camille of it all was about. So I guess before we move on, uh, the final thing, I mean, I don't know if you already knew about this, but I was learning about it for the first time about uh, Rinna's mom, Lois, and the the rape and murder attempt. And this guy was a serial killer. I mean, full body kills. Same. I had goosebumps. I could not believe it. Yeah, it's, it's even hard to talk about because yeah. you just sympathize for her. Any woman, any person, yes. I mean, to think about the timing and the fact that I think what was most chilling to me to hear of, aside from the obvious, was the fact that if that officer didn't happen to follow his instincts and say, hey, no one belongs on yeah. the road, that that is what fucked me up. Oh, you've just life. given me chills again. Yeah, it, you're right. Some, somebody, <sighs> whether you're spiritual or not, I truly believe that she was not meant to die that day. And someone compelled him to go after and follow that car, thus saving her life. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm getting emotional. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and you're right. And, like, this, this 90-year-old woman is telling this story and she's sitting there, like, she's obviously processed it. But, like, when she was saying he had a hammer in one hand and a knife in the other, and we oh. learn that she has metal plates in her head, su- supposedly because he beat her until her skull cracked. Oh, I was just like, I, 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 I mean, even saying it again now, it makes me feel, my, makes my stomach flip. Like, I just, uh-huh. I had no idea. And it explains yeah. a lot of, like, Rinna's, strength and uh-huh. um and like like even Rina was saying it's why she kind of thinks she puts off this like fuck off aura <laughs> a lot yeah. of the time like and she's like self-protective all the time and I to- it makes total sense to me it does it really does I mean I just 
as if I didn't already love Lois enough. And I feel like I wish Mm -hmm. she was on the show more than she is. But I mean, to be as sharp as she is and to be, I mean, I can't imagine, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know how old, I don't know if Lisa actually mentioned how old she was at the time. Um, she may have, but it's slipping my mind. I think she said it was a year before Lisa was born, correct? At the time of the attack. I don't know, but they showed that photo, like, a, like a, the image in the paper, and she looked about 30. She looked young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine at any age, really. But I just, if this happened to me within ten, at any point in time in my life, but within, you know, 10 years or so, the past 10 years or so, I, I just... I think it takes so much strength. And I remember Lisa saying that she really never processed it. It's not like she went to therapy or anything like that. She just, wow. she can feel she, she must not have, I'm guessing, because Lisa said that she never really dealt with it. She never processed it. She just kept moving on because she felt like she didn't want to project that, I guess, into the life of her child. And to think of how selfless that is, she didn't want to make Lisa fearful of everything around her and she could have easily have done that you know what she could a have woman this, obviously we could talk about this forever but I just admire so much her strength and I can't imagine going through that and you know god bless her for being 90 years old and as sharp as attack so funny and gosh she just is such a treasure I hope Lisa holds her tight every single day and enjoys every moment she has with her I hope she lives to be like one of those schmuckers ads oh, oh my god well, that is such a beautiful <laughs> sentiment to end on. I remember my um my my grandma. I went to visit my grandma when she was she died at 101, which is just what? outrageous. Yeah, <clears throat> and I went to visit her in Canada in the hospital when she was about 100, and I was like, oh, grandma, like trying to make her feel better because she just broke her arm. I was like, oh. grandma, maybe one day I'll I'll live to 100. <laughs> like you've given me good genes. <laughs> she grabs my hand looks me dead in the eye and she wasn't sprightly like Lois she was an old lady she's like she's like I hope not I'm like Jesus Christ grandma (laughs) but really though I don't want to live to 100 I'm fuck that I just wanted to make her feel better I was like (laughs) (laughs) you're like all right you crusty bitch (laughs) I I was just crying laughing Oh my gosh, let's take a little break and we'll get into some New York. Okay, so let's get back into uh, Real Housewives of New York. Who do you relate to? I didn't ask you that before. You know, God, I've never really given that a lot of thought, but I think I would probably most relate to, you know how I was saying, like, you kind of can uh, mix a few of them? Totally, yeah. I do relate to um, like Stephanie Holman a little bit. Um, oh, cute! As far as like me just being like too sweet sometimes to people that Aww. probably don't deserve it. Um, because I feel like she can be very nice to people that don't deserve it, and I have to kind of keep myself in check sometimes with that. Um, she's lovely. I do love she, Stephanie. And I'm not gonna only say Stephanie because she's so lovable. I do. <laughs> I do think that um I rem- I feel like there's a little bit of a little bit of Kyle in me um a little bit of I don't know you know what I'm just gonna like randomly interject when we're yeah talking, yeah you know the other Let's people we can go with Kyle and Stephanie for now yeah. oh I know yeah. I miss Dallas I really Dallas? miss Dallas oh, she'll be back soon so I think 
Yes. I feel like this last season really put them on the map because yeah. it was incredible. All right. Anyway, get let's get back to Roni. So. Sure. What did you think of Sonia's reaction to going to the Morgan oh. mansion and the letters and the acid on the fingers? I oh, mean. my God. Which turned out to be, you know, fake letters. Props. Yeah. Props. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because people, they intended for people to touch it. If it was some sort of artifact or, you know, historical document, surely, what did the girls say? They would have it protected with plexiglass or yeah it'd be protected yes yes I mean clearly as we've spoken about earlier in the podcast about uh this being a deflection or just um her out you know an outburst about something that has nothing to do with the Mm. actual subject at hand that she's claiming to be upset about totally very obvious that she is super torn about shit that went on with her ex-husband um, what's his first name? I don't even know. Mr. I always, Morgan. I always forget. I call it, yeah, let's just call him Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan. <laughs> you sound um, so cockney. Mr. Morgan. Change, governor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But I loved but, how, um, how Ramona was like, she's turning. Like Ramona could see it, like see something in it. her eyes. Because I mean, I, I saw like. Sonia's weird, you know, so she can be yeah. weird and she can be over the top or she can be chill. Like she cha- she's changeable. So I was yes. kind of looking to see what Ramona was seeing, but she has known this woman for 20 years. Like she can see when the Morgan's taking over and right. it, it was like, she just knew this, like there's a, this spirit of the past had entered Sonia's of body. And, but yeah. no, Kirsty, because poor people are weird. Rich people are eccentric. <laughs> Sonia is eccentric. You're right. <laughs> like, that is so good. I love that. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> oh so, yeah, let's tap into Sonia's eccentricities. Um, but really, <laughs> I think that she, it's like, almost like since Ramona and her have this bond and they know, like you said, they know each other so well. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ramona, in regard to Sonia's emotions, she's almost like one of those truffle sniffing dogs. Oh and my god! When, <laughs> the trouble thing. <laughs> and when and when um you know and Sonia having these like weird meltdowns um they're almost like sniffed out by Ramona in that sort of way and and you're right mm. she's very in tune to when this shit is when this shit is coming. But the problem and, with Ramona is she doesn't know how to deal with it. So she no. like we saw the last episode. She'll go up and tell somebody else, like tell Dorinda or that that didn't work. But then she, this episode she told Bethany or Bethany also saw it. And Bethany could calm, somehow could calm Sonia down. So it's right. like, and I think Sonia ten, has like some some kind of strong respect for Bethany. We've seen it in a few different ways over, yeah. the, over the years. So yeah, it's like, it's like Ramona can spot it. She can sniff it out like a little truffle pig. And and then we need to send Bethany in to save the day to retrieve the truffle. (laughs) You know, I read this article about um, Bethany's personality, about how Bethany always feels the need to be the savior and kind of embark, like she'll just swoop in and do this heroic gesture like she did with kind of taking her away from this situation and 
do you feel like you see that a lot with Bethany that you feel like she has this like hero complex that she always has to fulfill I do but at the same time she can be so unhelpful as well like right like when people it's almost like she you know using Sonia as example again it's like when Sonia came to her and asked for help with the toaster oven marketing or whatever it was that she was trying to sell at the time um Bethany will help begrudgingly and then get pissed off. It's mm-hmm. like it's like Bethany has to be the one to offer the help um, in order to feel, you know, like that she's that that it fulfills whatever it fulfills in her. Like maybe that god complex, probably. Because I do yeah. think Bethany is very narcissistic. That's a, a huge personality trait for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I don't. I think that's why she's been so successful in business and, you know, headstrong and, you know, this yeah. that narcissism brings a lot of powerful qualities. It's also brings a lot of, you know, um, blinders as well and, and sure. quite, quite rude and harsh. And that mm-hmm. essentially sums up <laughs> Bethany in a nutshell. It does. So I think, it, I think you're right. I think there is like a lot of God complex there. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I think she sees a lot of vulnerability in Sonia that, that maybe she resonates with somehow. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Um, I I do think that it's funny that she can be so gruff at times and then so completely uh, vulnerable. And yeah. Just, it's crazy. She can really be on, on either side. Um, but That's do, why I love her. I re- yeah. Like, I find her so... I can go one episode. It's not even one... Like, you know how you change season to season with some people... And with Bethany, I'm, like, changing episode to episode. Sometimes I'm, like, oh, she's so fucking horrible and harsh and mean. And then other yeah. times I'm, like, the next episode, I'm, like, oh, she's just so – like, this episode she brought me so much joy, seeing right. her happy and laughing, seeing her talk about Dennis in a beautiful way. I mean, all of that right. stuff, I was – she's warmed my heart. And, you know, she was one of the people from the very start when she first came on the scene, I related to her more than any other housewife I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, as she became richer and more famous, I started to, like, pull away a bit more from that identity. And I was like, okay, that's, All right. you know, she's she's become a bit too big for her boots. Mm-hmm. Now, I think because she's been through so much tragedy in the last few years in a public setting, her. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's, like, almost a Teresa scenario from New Jersey. Sure. It's, like, it's it's humbling her a bit. And I think that's a, a great thing for her. It looks good on her. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it brings her down to earth a little more. Yeah. And, you know, certainly um, she went through such hell with Brian. Is it Brian that's his name? No, what's his name? Hoppy. Mr. Hoppy. Hoppy. Brian Hoppy, right? Is it Brian? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. Hop- well, let's call him Hop- Hoppy. Yeah, Hoppy. I mean, she, oh, I mean, we, I, I try to think back about their like wedding special and just seeing him on camera. And I guess if I look at it from that perspective, like if I didn't know anything else, like I didn't see that side in him. Maybe it's I'm hard to see. Yeah. No, I, I thought I'm, that he seemed so, yeah, he seemed so like good for her. Like he, he was the humble one that kind of grounded her during that time or so we thought. Totally. Um, but he that's the like thing with these manipulative so boys. Like, and that's that's what I that's what I see now because I've dated not that many, but probably like one or two like pretty manipulative guys that you don't really you don't pick up on it when you're in it because it's like everyone says like it's that like these serial killers that are the most charming people in the world. You're like, well, how did you get yourself in that abusive relationship? 
these people aren't coming out swinging. They're coming mm. out with like feeding every need that you could possibly have and more and you fall madly in love and then you think oh well maybe it could get back to where it was like it is pure manipulation I just yeah. think you know now 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 I'm older and wiser I think well if it looks too good to be true it's too good to be true but you know you, I mean it takes it takes a lot of failed relationships to learn that horrible sure. lesson yeah and I it mean, is it, hard to hard to spot you don't want to you don't want to be looking for the worst in people when you enter a relationship, you of know? So. But you can't help but be jaded as well. It just kind of comes mm-hmm. to the territory. You have to sort of balance it out where, you know, that you've kissed enough frogs and you're just... <laughs> totally. You know, well, like, I mean, I know we'll get to it because this really leads into the whole Stassi and Bo that was going on. I mean, I, I don't know. We don't have to touch on that now. Um, because We can. Really we can jump to... around. I don't mind. Okay. Um, well, you know, I just, I feel like that was really difficult to watch. I was like screaming at the TV and I'm like, seriously, Stassi, you are such a yeah. twat. You know, I was like, <laughs> I mean, he was crying. He would look like he was I know. Don't and he came out in hives. Oh yes. I'm like, wow, listen, I mean, he, oh, he has the patience of a saint because if she was popping off on me like that, for, that was so undeserved. Yeah, I, I just I I would have left. I would have gone and gotten another hotel room uh, for the night. I I would not have listened to that shit. She was terrible to him. Yeah, she and, was. And it, it is know. the like it's it's alcohol. It's and it, yes. and for her, I can see. Like I I've been that girlfriend too. You know, like just a and I'll be in the middle of an argument, losing my mind. Yeah. And I can feel the emotion. I can feel the rage, and I can feel the the sadness rising to your throat. Yeah, I can feel it all, and I'm like, yeah. I know. If I if I enter my brain for half a second, I'm like, this is irrational, but mm-hmm. you cannot you control it. And I and and I think like I've had exes in the past that have done what you've said, and you know, left for like gone into a different room for an hour or so, and then I'm like, how dare you leave? And then I sort yeah. of, as soon as I'm together, I'm it like, makes it worse. Well, yeah. it can. It does at the start for me, anyway. It would. It would at the start. And after 15 minutes of me sitting alone, I'm like, all right. Well, let me think about my problems. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, yeah. fuck. I'm a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, you're like, fuck you for making me think rationally. Yeah, thinking of and making my like having to stop and think about what I've done. <laughs> How dare that person? But let's get back to New York before we get too sure. deep down the rabbit hole. Yes. Yes, I want to know what you think of the contribution of Barbara. You know, I'm, I, so with that being said, I feel like I wanted to go off and talk about the whole conspiracy theory about her and Ramona, but to touch on that first, I don't know. I don't personally think that her presence is necessary. I don't think that she is any asset necessarily I don't think that she's pamper on the show and the cast but I don't know I'm just I guess the only thing I can say is that I'm eh about her I'm just yeah I, I think I'm the same I'm a bit met on her I I mean I don't I don't it's been said before but I think she's more suited to a New Jersey cast than this cast yeah totally yeah, I, I I don't know I for me yeah I'm the same she's not adding much she's not really taking away much 
Um, right. Her job could have been done with just Bethany alone. So the two of them were the sure. ones that kind of instigated the the you know, Luann getting help and you know the um, intervention yeah. and all that. But we didn't really need Barbara there in this and series. Yeah, and I feel like in a sense she's going through what I. I discussed earlier with you that like probationary period, that mm. like hazing period where it's like she hasn't garnered enough respect from everybody. Um, it seems like they can be a little bit harsh with her. Yeah. Just like any of the cast is with the new cast. Isn't it so strange that I'm, I agree with you that every single uh, uh, franchise does this to newcomers in their first year, except yeah. Denise Richards. Denise has yeah. just floated in like she was always meant to be there. Okay. It was so like, here... what did we do before Denise? <laughs> well, you're so right. It's one thing that really is cohesive between all the different franchises. Right. I think as well because she knew some of the ladies, um, like Lisa Rinna and Kyle, to a greater capacity yeah. than other women who have come on the show have. That probably yeah. leads her in a little bit as well. It just seemed more natural. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we're both on the same page with Barbara. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a – it's a bit underwhelming, basically, and and unnecessary. These women have enough going on and enough to offer without her, I think, is basically what it comes down to. Agree. (laughs) What did you think of Ramona coming out in her silk pajama lingerie and high heels? I mean, I was just like – So Ramona. And I I just was like, what – is happening (laughs) it's it's funny because you know she i I like this whole it's for me at least it's super entertaining everything sans mario she's really sexed herself up quite a bit yeah confidence is not ramona's problem (laughs) right but yeah it's like her sex drive is i don't know menopause has been good for her she's just like the most, yeah. like the rest of us, our sex drive goes down, and she's right? just like flying high. She's like, God bring it on. If I look like her at 60, you better believe that I'm going to strap on some like crazy lucite heels and a robe negligee thingy. Because she 100%. Um, honestly, I love her for that. I, I really think that it's, um, you know, if you do look like that you should own it you should enjoy it you should be confident you work hard for it you have good genetics you good diet um good nutrition plan what have you anything that contributes to it rock it i love that all right so i need to talk to you about um the countess because oh uh, i'm struggling with her look i'm struggling with her this season i truly am and I know I should be compassionate because I'm an addict in recovery and she's at the start of her recovery, but I am just finding her so uh, not humble and so um, entitled. Totally am with you on that. And to elaborate on that point, I'm, I'm trying to remember where I heard this from. Mm-hmm. I read or heard from whatever source, and I apologize if um, I'm not crediting this person, but... They basically said that a lot of the times with people that are freshly out of recovery, still in recovery, when they're sober, the first, I don't know, so many months, basically, you can oftentimes 
have this sense of entitlement that you wouldn't otherwise have because you're seeing things so clearly that you almost feel like you're seeing things in a way that others aren't. And it kind of gives you this complex that um, you might be better than them or, you know, what have you. That is 100% true. And I've spoken to a lot of addicts that I'm close with about this and I had the same experience. I look at... um, Luann and how yeah I think she will look back on this season and I think probably next season she'll come back I hope for her sake she'll come back and and have watched this season and after having a year or so of sobriety under her belt be able to look at it with new eyes and and grow from that I think the reunion's going to be quite confronting for her I don't think she's ready to throw her hands up yet and say hey you know, especially that was so evident during that conversation she had where she was so fucking smug about all the help she had received from Bethany. Bethany, Bethany, Bethany. Oh, oh my God. God. That made Didn't me actually want to smack her smug face. Like, I Yes. Ugh. I was mm. so furious. When Ramona is looking at you and saying, you need to chill out, you're being oh, obnoxious. You need to look at yourself. (laughs) Okay, so what did you think? You jumping into VPR, this, you know, Mm -hmm. binging it in the last few weeks. What do you think of the whole James situation? Because I have a soft spot for him in my heart, but I want to know what you think kind of, you do, yeah? Yeah, I do. I I can't, I'm not, sorry, not sorry. I I don't know why. I just sympathize for him. I I root for him. I think he's just a fetus still. He's so, he is. He's so young. He, and, and he's so he's lovable. He is. He's a lovable fuck up. And <laughs> I love is. those people. Those are my favorite I people. <laughs> I you know what? When he promises things and he like looks Lisa in the eye and he says, you know, blah 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 to her about how he's sorry or he's gonna do this or that. I I feel like he genuinely does mean it and it, he does it, i really i think it comes from a very honest place in his heart at the moment now whether he can hold to it or not is another story and i think he really does try but i think he has a lot of fucking you know internal issues he's like mm-hmm. an onion with all of these layers that have to be pulled back and like i said this is all part of growing up and he's still so young and so you know i i, I go back to saying that he really is a lovable fuck up and i i do root for him Okay, tell me, what do you think of the Lala of it all? I'm really struggling uh, with her this season. I think I I have a soft spot for her because I want to believe that she is not who she is showing. Presenting. Herself. Yeah, I, I think that this is, I think she's struggling with so much and not just yeah. about her dad, not just that. I think that she is just having like an existential meltdown. And I, I really think that I find it very hard to kick people when they're in this sort of, you know, when they're down in this sort of situation. You're so sweet. Really? I I mean, I'm, I'm really not. (laughs) And I, I, I completely, I actually agree with you. And I feel like I've been hard on her this season because I have, I think because I feel upset because I've loved her so much like yeah. the previous seasons and much of me that really hates her behavior and is with Ariana. Uh, but here's the thing. Grief is extremely personal and you can't, you, you really just can't measure it up to someone else's experience. It is unique and everybody deals with it differently. Not 
personally hurting anybody, but we know that Lala has. And that's the hard part to watch because she'll come through this and I'm worried that she'll come through this with no friends and just Randall. And I think Randall is a bad, a bad person for her. I think he is controlling and manipulative, knowing nothing about him apart from the fact that he took her Gucci slides. That's all I need to know. He can pay for this concert. He can pay for the private jet. But taking away those Gucci slides, that was the most disgusting thing that I think has happened this entire series. And I'm including them talking about their solid shits. I mean, I I have to agree with you. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Such a metaphor for how, like you said, toxic their relationship Mm -hmm. is. You know what? If I'm wrong, then Randall, I'm sorry, but I really feel that we're pretty spot on with this armchair analysis yes. of the breakdown of, of him. And I just, I don't know. I think he seems, he has conveniently swooped in in her life during a time where she just, she didn't need that. Those moments of, of vulnerability, you really are susceptible to being dragged under by these really horrible men quite frankly yeah. just because you are looking for somebody that is offering safety and protection to fulfill a and boy. So, right exactly and you think gross. he looks at her as a possession just another possession like the way he feels about his yes. private jet or anything that he owns it's like he owns her 100 percent. that's what that time. said to me with those gucci slides being taken away it's like well yep you know, but she knows this too because she how, must know it. Yeah. How she talked about like having to suck D for this or that or mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> it's it's a mutual thing. It's an agreement. Yes. I think on that we have we need to wrap it up and just like go to sleep Let's for half up. an hour because this was this was a big week for us. <laughs> I know. Oh, so yeah. just for our listeners, so they can find you. Um, it's go to Instagram at talker underscore of underscore shits underscore. So yes. talker of shit, if you, even if you just put it in talker of shits into the it search, it'll come up. Yeah. Um, thank me. you so much thank for talking so much. to me. This has been so epic and so amazing. I just it was loved so every second of it. I adore you. I love listening to your podcast every week. I love all of your guests. You are amazing. And I am just so honored to be a part of your awesome reality TV and me universe. Oh, well, I can't wait to ha- come on your show when you launch. Um, you'll just you have so to much. let us know. DM sure me and will. I'll pop over into your 90 Day Fiance universe. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. The all pleasure right. is all mine. I'll talk to you soon. Great. Bye. Bye.